Oh, hey, didn't see you there. Welcome to Malaspina Theatre Podcast, recorded in our beautiful Malaspina Theatre Lobby on Vancouver Island University's Nanaimo campus. Every episode, we will feature members of our community on a wide variety of different topics, themes, and styles of podcasting. Our goal is to foster discussions important to our community members and highlight emerging talent. We would like to acknowledge and thank the Snanamans, Watson, Palaman, and Snonoas, and Qualicum First Nations on whose traditional lands we teach, learn, research, live, and share knowledge. All right. Are we going? Sweet. All right. So thank you very much for joining us. Uh, I am here. My, my name is Leon Potter, and welcome, all of you. Uh, thank you. Celebration thank you. and happy Pride Month to everybody. Happy Pride. Happy Yay, Pride. happy Pride <laughs> Month. Fantastic. Do a quick round robin. If you can uh, give us a little introduction of yourself and let us know when you were here, what shows you did, etc. That would be fantastic. I'll go first. Excellent. Um, hi. Um, yeah, so my name is Gabrielle Marcolin. My pronouns are she, her. I joined VIU in 2015 or 16. I graduated in 2017. So I joined in 2015. In my first year, we were in um, Departures and Arrivals. And that was a fun show. It was different, a bunch of different characters. So I did a bunch of different roles, which was really fun. And then in my second semester, my first year, I was thrown into stage managing picture of Dorian Gray, um, which was really fun and um, unexpectedly kind of set me off on this stage management journey. Cool. Um, and then in my second year, I was in Our Country's Good as Duckling. And then we had Into the Woods, which I stage managed. Um, was the other part of the question? Is that everything? No. What do you, What have you been doing? Since? So since since graduating in 2017, I started working at Shimanus Theater Festival. Cool. Um, doing my apprenticeship there. Nice. I have three contracts, two apprenticeships under my belt from Shimanus Theater, and I was starting my third apprenticeship there uh, just before the pandemic hit. Um, yeah, and then pandemic killed all life, so, <laughs> I, <laughs> so I worked in a gas station, and I man- ended up managing that uh, gas station for a, a year, um, moved out to Vancouver, and now I'm currently about to start my third year at Capilano University in the Acting for Stage and Screen program. Fantastic. Yes, I'm going to hand over to Annika. There you go. Annika, Welcome. Hello, <laughs> I'm Annika. Tell um, us a little bit about yourself. My pronouns are she, they, or she, if you really want. Oh, I'm <laughs> so embarrassed. <laughs> um, um, I didn't go to VIU um, because I never grew up on the island. Um, I went to Capilano University. Cool. I did the acting for stage and screen program and graduated in 2019. Congratulations. So, uh, right before the pandemic hit. Say, congratulations so. on ducking underneath, underneath that wire. Yeah. Never had a Zoom class, so uh, I'm a little bit privileged. Um, so I, uh, yeah, I'm really into acting. We did, um, we did Our Town. We did, what was the other one we did? Oh, we did. Um, one of our professors wrote um, an adaptation of Sense and Sensibility. Nice. So we did that in our third year of university um, with Bob Fraser as our director, and that was really really fun. 
Um, and since I graduated, I've been doing some film work. I worked doing background costumes for a little bit, as well as PA work. Um, and then I, I, I'm really into script writing, so that's what I do on the side and hoping to do some film festivals eventually. Fantastic. But that's it about me. Right. You're on Darian. Yeah. My name, um, hi everyone. My name's Darian Gates. My pronouns are they, them. Um, and I was, I'm an alumni of the Malaspina Theater Program. I was here in 2018 and 2019. Um, which is right before the pandemic as well. Um, and I was in the productions of Into the Woods, where I played one of the stepsisters. Some people say ugly stepsister, but I say that was not in the script. It was just a stepsister. Um, and that was really Misunderstood. Fun. Yeah. Misunderstood. Exactly, exactly. Um, and that was one of the most fun shows, because uh, it was one of the biggest musicals that I've done since the pandemic. So. It's one of the fun ones. Um, and then I also was involved with Concord Floral, where I played a, um, the role was just Joey, and it was a young uh, queer kid who was going through an interesting time um, with social media, with dating, with all the interesting struggles that come with being a young queer kid nowadays. Um, so that was super fun. Um, and for that show, I also got to video design for it, which was a great learning um, experience. And yeah, now I'm not on the island anymore. I moved to Vancouver, and I'm also working as a production assistant um, and trying to act in whatever I can, trying to get experience. And I also started doing drag recently, so that's been a fun Fantastic. other creative avenue. Excellent. Yeah. Glad to that. Circle back to that one. Though. Totally. <laughs> Adrian. Uh, yeah. Uh, my name is Adrian Candy. My pronouns are he, him. And I went to VIU during like the fall of 2019. And I think the only show I acted in during that time was probably like Land of the Dead as John Rice, which was a lot of fun. It was a great experience. And for my second year, it, that was during like the pandemic. So. Yeah. I didn't get a lot of experience from there, except for like maybe experimental things that we tried from doing. Yeah, because the lockout happened literally yeah. on closing night. Mm -hmm, yeah, I remember that very well. Wow. Yeah, it was bizarre. We got close it. We didn't even get it. We got a chance. We struck the set, um, and we got the phone call. You're not coming in next week. Yeah, You're yeah. done. And we were like, we were just happy we got the chance to strike the set because we're like, <laughs> <laughs> but wow. I laughed because I was in my office and and. The, the swords all still have blood on them. And I was like, oh, man, chance to clean these <laughs> off. So on, in there doing Zoom meetings, cleaning these weapons. I'm like, it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, that's great. And what have you been doing since? Um, since then, I pretty much attempted to like move to Vancouver to try and work on some film. That didn't really work out for me personally. So I came back, and then I was presented with the opportunity to work on a show called Built Different by Connor Runnings. Cool. Yeah, that's which is doing really well. Yeah, yeah, that just went over to Vancouver to the college, didn't it? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's awesome. <laughs> well done. That's fantastic. Well, oh, thank I'm you so very proud much. Of yeah, so thanks awesome. so much for every, everybody for coming in and joining us. Okay, so the ta the the question on the table, uh, as in celebration of Pride Month, is of course, what does Pride mean specifically to emerging artists, to theater, film, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Like, have we moved forward? Are we 
are things progressing? Um, is there more acknowledgement? How do you how do you find it? What does what does that mean? I think Pride is a really cool time of the year because okay. it's like a if you're already identifying as queer like it's a great time you get to really express yourself you get to try whatever you haven't done before if you are just coming out as queer this year like it's a really cool first experience Mm -hmm. and like i just feel like june starts a lot of people's queer journeys like whether it's just going to pride or whether it's like just feeling more authentically themselves i think Mm -hmm. it's a really cool time of the year where a lot of stuff happens. And the parades are fabulous. Yeah. Like, let's face it, really. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to go? (laughs) Exactly. You're like, well, that looks like way more fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I I feel like it gives, um, like, a a space for people to try things for the first time. Like, a lot of people try drag and try all these new things during Pride. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really important, I think, to keep it, like, keep it community-based. Absolutely. really um, open to everyone. Yeah. But yeah. And I've noticed, I mean, this will be an interesting question for you because studying film is for myself, I'm noticing that a lot of the newer shows that are coming out and the productions that are coming out and that are being filmed now have a lot more openness around, um, around LG, any LG, LGBTQ issues, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? So, which seems to be like certainly a step in the right direction in opening the world up a bit. For sure. Uh, I was just going to say, it's it's funny because for a really long time, especially in film, the straight, white, cis, blonde hair, blue eye kid is uh, male, is uh, is like the peak uh, of success. Um, And and since, I would say since 2020, really, um, they've become less and less of demand and it's Very more so, yeah. people um, people looking for those actors who don't look like they're a copy cut of everyone else. Exactly, um, yeah. Which is great for the queer community because w- we don't fit into those boxes. Okay. So as an actor, it can be really hard to have to present yourself one specific way when it's not it's not who you are and it doesn't feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. So that's really exciting that like queer people are actually being sought out for and looked for in a way that um, has never really been before. And it's not just like the, the tasteful queer either. (laughs) It's, it's people. Palatable. Yeah. It's people with mullets, people with piercings, people with tattoos, Mm -hmm. people who look alternative, which is really exciting. Interesting. Go ahead. I also want to jump on that and say that there's just been a lot more opportunities for queer artists because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that documentary that we watched um, about about um, trans artists and trans representation in the media? Um, tra- I'm trying to remember. Um, Is it on Netflix? I know, I, I know so. what you're talking about, but yeah. I can't remember the name. Um, I'm thinking like Transcendence, but that's not yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> But essentially, just the, the representation that has opened up, um, because before, trans characters would be played by cis 
cis white people very often. Yeah. Like, for example, Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, wait, not Scarlett Johansson. Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne. Mm-hmm. And um, the Danish girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but now there's been, there's more opportunities because they want actual queer people to play queer people and they want trans people to play trans people because cis people don't really have the the knowledge and experience to tell those stories respectfully. Mm-hmm. So it's just really good that it's opened up. Okay. Um, and that Which brings up a really interesting question about the whole concept of acting, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Because as an actor, you are, like, one of the things that, you know, in days gone by when you were training, it was like you should be able to play anything, mm-hmm. right? You should do so. Is that still a viable thing, or is it moving more towards you'll get cast for who you are and what you are, rather than I need you to, you know, play this part and research, you know, how to play, um, the trans how to play experience. These, yeah, how mm-hmm. to play these characters and how to play these people in a respectful way as best you can. Like there's a there's a an artistry in that when it comes to the acting side of things, and I think it really like ties in is it it's such like a social thing Mm -hmm. and i think that eventually we'll get to a point where like everyone can play everyone because it's all like great and stuff but i think because there's such a lack of understanding for the trans experience and for like you can be a cis person playing a trans character but your interpretation of that character will only be what your experience of the trans mm-hmm. experience or is. Or what you've learned through friends and talking to people. And friends talking and to yeah, people, exactly. but then also on the flip side of that, the propaganda that's out there about trans people, of course. all of that. So it's, it's definitely a fine line, like playing those characters because something that they think is authentic to bring to that character might, might not be. be true and they exactly. would never know because they exactly. don't have that lived experience of course yeah i Absolutely. would also say like it depends on it depends on what the story is about mm-hmm. is your character uh is the story specifically um about your character's arc and dealing with the trans experience mm-hmm. or does your character just happen to be a trans person um i think that's a really important thing to take into consideration when you're writing trans characters or casting trans characters um if it's about the experience and 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 the trauma and and often queer stories are all about trauma it's really important to have people who have lived that experience and can honor that experience because as a cis person like for myself for instance um i know a few trans people you know like i i am active in in the community in the queer community but there is there's no way that it doesn't matter how quote unquote woke someone is it's unfair and it's a disservice and an injustice for people even watching who might be experiencing um what the character is going through uh you just really want to pay honor to those stories because those stories are really really important so a lot of the pressure is actually on the writers totally yeah because you've got to portray those those you know stories as truthfully Mm -hmm. as as truthfully as you can Mm -hmm. which is another thing that opens up the doors doesn't it yeah right because those are the stories that are in demand right now yeah because that's what people are wanting to see so they're probably looking to you know lgbtq individuals specifically um, and that's like the that's the int- that's the nice thing about 
everyone kind of being open to a lot more queer art is it's turned from the only stories being told are sob stories and like really upsetting um, but necessary mm -hmm. stories. That's what a lot of them were just like, they, they were all based on that, but I think it's cool that we're getting to a point now where we're showing a lot of queer joy and we're showing right. a lot of queer success and queer just, we're seeing a lot more stories where someone is just queer and that's just who they are and they don't have a whole like storyline about it. It's not all about that. It's, totally. nor it's normalizing it. Yeah. I is what it's doing. I was just watching Inventing Anna and um, uh, one of the characters is, it's, um, oh my God, I'm forgetting her name right now, but uh, it's played by a trans woman, but the character is just a woman mm -hmm. and um, it's awesome because it's just like that's how a lot of the casting should happen nowadays yeah. because, um, yeah. If cis people have gotten the opportunity to play trans people, vice versa is awesome. <laughs> That's also nice because Disclosure was the documentary. Disclosure, um, Disclosure yeah. okay. Um, because <laughs> a lot of the times, specifically trans characters were used as a laughing, mm -hmm. like a joke. Right. Um, so now the stories are being told just about people in general, and it's no longer, it's no longer this person, this guy male presenting is dressing up as a woman that is so funny ha 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 yeah. now it's now it's just that trans people have you know they've earned their it's an interesting step it's similar to, to in the 1960s when star trek first was brought out you had lieutenant ohura who was a black character in the command deck and it was not made a big deal. It was completely normalized, which became one of the most important messages of that show. Yeah. Um, did they share the first interracial kiss? On they did, too? actually. They yeah. did. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the things that, because the show had normalized something yeah. that had been controversial and is now, and I think we're in, a, we're in a similar spot now, again, not sob stories, but moments of love and joy and being an individualism, um, from an LGBTQ basis are being introduced into television, media, things along those lines. LGBTQ community, I apologize you for that. You can also just say queer community. Q yeah. Can I? Yeah. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> a lot quicker. My tongue doesn't wrap around, so not, with this, not without enough coffee. Yeah, exactly. LGBTQIA2+. <laughs> the queer community, I'll just call yeah. it the queer community. Yeah. Um, the alphabet so mafia. <laughs> <laughs> so the, um, where the queer community is represented screen um do you feel like that's being normalized or do you feel like that's in a you know what are your thoughts on that yeah um like through th uh, sorry things i've seen like it's definitely like becoming like more on like screen but mm -hmm. it's definitely not as common as it i think it should be mm -hmm. from what i've seen because it's still whenever a queer person does appear on film or in a story people keep will like complain about it mm -hmm. and really yeah mm -hmm. all the time okay the it's, new buzz Lightyear movie yeah. is going yeah. through that right now they're like they're, i don't know the actual moment but i know it's something queer and they um are like wiping it from the movie for certain countries mm -hmm. just so really? they can make money there yeah oh, oh i didn't realize yeah well, it's a kids movie and mm -hmm. um a lot of people believe that the that Queer people are inappropriate for mm. children. Very topical However, right now. <laughs> extremely topical right now. However, I find that the most inappropriate behavior is perpetuated by heterosexual couples okay. placing roles onto children 
who uh, should not be sexualized, mm-hmm. um, but it's 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 heterosexual couples who are putting their children into these categories, whereas queer people just want to exist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, heteronormativity is and real. Hetero- <laughs> and heteronormativity is very real. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, a question just got put in front of me. Um, what message are you expressing with dairy intolerance? Oh. <laughs> Which I thought was a great one to say. Yeah. Um, well, I, this is my fourth month um, in my drag journey. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think I'm still kind of finding out what that means. Okay. But uh, I think something that I've been trying to take with me on this journey is kind of just making sure I'm... Uh, highlighting support for like how people can support the community and mm-hmm. trying to educate people on topics is trying to make things accessible and um, I think like just going out there and doing drag is also um, a statement like it's even just like today just like wearing a dress around it's like maybe someone hasn't seen someone who is assigned male at birth wearing a dress and stuff and it's like just going out and living your authentic experience mm-hmm. that alone can make someone think just provoking thought <laughs> is a provoking really big thought. thing uh, yeah exactly <laughs> so i think definitely i'm gonna try and um figure out what that means as i go along but uh just trying to educate and Drag um, philosophy. Drag philosophy. Drag philosophy. That's drag, what we're gonna drag, <laughs> drag philosophy. Sure. <laughs> Flag. Flag. A building question on yeah. the um, Darian, so how do you feel? Um, does being non-binary change the drag experience for you? And uh, have you met anyone that uh, has never met a non-binary drag queen before? I think. What's interesting is me. Like I came out as non-binary. Um, March of 2020. Okay. No, 2021. Um, and uh, that, honestly, coming to terms with that is what inspired me to finally start doing drag and stuff because I, even though it didn't feel like it at first, I was absolutely holding myself back for certain things. Okay. Um, and I think in Vancouver, there are quite a few non-binary drag queens, mm-hmm. but what's cool about it is there, even with drag, people think of like drag queens or drag kings, and it's cool having no boundaries on what you can do with your art, and it's kind of like, there's nothing holding me back, so you can't really expect the same thing, the same. Which really has kind of been the point of art all along, mm-hmm. hasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, this is probably why the arts community has always attracted everybody, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, because the arts, you know, theater, film, um, fine arts, dance, music, all of this kind of stuff has always been an open arms. What's that? Um, there was a line that I saw in a preview for the new Elvis movie that came out, and it said, words that are too dangerous to say, you can sing. Mm. Yeah. Which I was just like, wow, that's... Or lip sync. Yeah, or lip sync. <laughs> <laughs> or lip sync, exactly. Right, but it's great. It's a great, way to, it's a great way to think about it, right? Because the arts is... A, exactly the place where we can express all of those things we can embrace all of these things and we can say okay so this is where the world is going let's let's have a look totally uh which brings up an interesting thing because you were talking about um oh i can't remember what you said it was like 
like a, there was a hindrance or things that you were holding yourself back. Mm -hmm. Do you find in today, if are there still elements of being held back mm -hmm. so far, or have, are we getting closer and closer to a place where everybody can just be themselves 100%? Yeah, half halfway. I halfway. feel like. Well, I think it's hard. It's such to a say. spectrum because yeah. there's so many aspects to it. I think it's such a social. Mm -hmm. thing. It's also <laughs> tough because, like, in the media is one thing, but then you look at the state of the government, for example, mm -hmm. in the United States, yeah. like oh yeah, overturning <laughs> Roe versus Wade. Yeah. It's like, what's next for that agenda? Um, so yeah. I feel like on one hand the media, we're putting out more art that is queer joy and queer love and just queer in general, but at, are we also going backwards because the government in the States and a lot of other countries as well still wants to withhold that representation and mm -hmm. deny people yeah. rights and... Well, even in the Canadian government, there are many people who still believe homophobia is a sin homosexuality so, yeah oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> homosexuality homophobia is a sin <laughs> just to clarify homosexuality is a sin so that's not that's not just involving relig your religion into your politics which is a dangerous mix um, but also preventing so many people of feeling safe in their in their communities and walking down the street um I mean, like for myself in my small way, um, I don't shave my legs anymore. And, ooh. ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but um, socially, that's still kind of pretty taboo. Okay. Um, a lot of women, especially in heterosexual relationships or circles, are expected to um, be hairless, which is not how any of us uh, grew up. Um, all, all people um, go through puberty and all people get hair in all different kinds of places um, so even in that small way like walking down the street I will catch people staring at me or giving me weird looks or god forbid I have a tank top on and they notice that I don't shave my armpits as well but with pride I was like well it's time for me to dye my armpit hair pink <laughs> so everyone knows that I'm gay <laughs> but like even so like perhaps in the media people like Harry Styles which we were talking about yesterday mm -hmm. who so far is um, only publicly announced that you know he's he him and cis and straight um, but he benefits completely off of queer culture, wearing dresses, wearing um, nail polish. Um, he's very effeminate in the way that he dresses and acts, and, and uh, which is great. Mm -hmm. Which is great, but it's, it's difficult because there are people who are murdered on the street for walking around and doing less than Harry Styles. So it's kind of a fine line between <laughs> no, no, this is good. That's like, the name like, of Harry no, Styles' album. Is a, oh. a yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> but it, there's like you're walking this like tightrope between what you can get away with it and what's socially acceptable and what's too gay. Mm -hmm. And where are you right now? Are you in uh, 
Vancouver Davies Street, well, you're probably fine. Are you in, <laughs> I don't know, Duncan? <laughs> Nanaimo? I, I, like, when I was living here, um, an, another alumni that we know, their partner got beat up just walking out of a gay club here. Really? Yeah. Oh, him, him and, and their friend. So, 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 yes, it's getting more recognizable, but then it's getting more recognizable. It's not so covert anymore. So it's great and it's, it's scary at the same time, kind of. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like in the revolutionary phase. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Well, my, like, my 18-year-old self that was, like, really scared to just paint his nails back mm-hmm. then um, would, like, like it's, in, it's oh, finding my thoughts. Um, there are a lot of things that, like, publicly and socially, I think, like, can feel like they're progressing and stuff, but there are still those personal struggles that you go through as a queer person of just like being perceived (laughs) and just living your life. And even if there's everyone around you saying like, yeah, it's accepted, it's accepted, there's still gonna be those people on the street that are gonna stare at you and you know what they're thinking. Or family members that like you cannot come out to. Mm -hmm. Um, Like for example, my Nona, I will never come out to my Nona. My Nona will never meet my partner um, because personally, I don't feel like going through the emotional labor of losing a relationship with my grandmother over uh, over the last you know few years that she has left. I'd rather not deal with that trauma, right. you know, um, whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. Mm, but I'm 99% sure the Roman Catholic Church does not <laughs> accept homosexuality, so. You know, like even even though my parents are okay with it, and all of my friends are okay with it, and my social circles are okay with it, it's still like I still can't, I still can't introduce my partner to my grandmother. But any 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 loser boyfriend that any of my cousins have or my sister has, they can meet her no problem. Yeah. You know, so it's frustrating. Well, I think it's a like a huge thing for people to recognize like I think people have been forgetting just because things have been getting more normalized Mm -hmm. is like when someone comes out to you like that's that's a privilege Mm -hmm. to be able to know Mm -hmm. that like when I when I like tell people what my pronouns are like I'm only going to tell you that if I think that I want you to be a constant in my life or Mm -hmm. something that we're going to be like doing things a lot together I don't talk about it at work but it's like they're needs to be I think a lot more recognition that it's it's a huge thing to come out to people and um when you do have someone coming out to you to just be very open and very Mm -hmm. um understanding of the experience and just Mm -hmm. just a part of life (laughs) and it's not new no Mm -hmm. (laughs) trans people Mm -hmm. especially are not new they have been all over history all um, making decisions, making huge movements in science, in art, in uh, politics, um, in leadership roles, um, in in empires. They've been around. So mm-hmm. this argument that uh, it's going, it's defying nature, or it's not appropriate, or whatever bullshit. It, excuse you want to bring up just to be homophobic and transphobic it's it's not new and um 
and we would we owe so much to these people who um, who aren't have, around anymore who are not around anymore who have suffered greatly just so that we can so that I can walk down the street and hold Annika's hand you know? yeah exactly well that's what's crazy about like social media it really highlights I think um, the effect that history has had on the queer community like I just deleted TikTok but when I was on it mm -hmm. there are a lot of creators on that app but I could probably count on my fingers how many trans women that are above the age of 50 mm -hmm. are like less one hand mm -hmm. um, and they constantly talk about how many friends they've lost and how what they've gone through and it's, it's like very it's a very different world yeah our age group mm -hmm. yeah like 100 in, because entirely when I was growing up that was not an acceptable thing mm -mm. at well, all. And like with the AIDS crisis, like yep. that took so many people out. Absolutely. Well, no one would say AIDS in the first what two th years. Mm -hmm. No one said AIDS. It was, was the, the gay, gay virus. It was the gay yeah. virus. Yeah. yeah. For a long time. Yeah. 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 Um, so here's a question, just to as we start to come to the end of this, um, what is next moving forward for you? Like, what would you like to see, or what are you working on, or anything along those lines? Would be great. Mm -hmm. Adrian, let's start with you. Oh, <laughs> um, moving forward, honestly, I'd probably really like to be in like more shows or do more projects cool. relating to like the queer community and having more representation out there and just being a part of that. Okay. Maybe somewhere along the line that's going to help someone who sees that. Excellent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And what about you? What's next for Darian? I. Uh, I uh, think I'm gonna keep trying to perform in all the different avenues that I'm trying right now, um, and uh, try and keep educating people on different stuff like that, and um, really just continuing the process that I think the pandemic really kicked off for me of finding my authentic self, and um, keep it going, and trying to just live my life as authentically as I can, so that if a little kid in the street is like, oh my God, mm -hmm. I want to do that one day. Mm -hmm. Like I want to, I want to wear a dress or I want to paint my nails or like whatever they can see, even if they don't have a support system at home that they, that exists, mm -hmm. it's okay. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Sweet. Um, I think I want to keep collaborating with more and more queer artists as well mm -hmm. and just create content. Um, Cause I'm trying to write, I guess, uh, <laughs> but write stories that, queer people can be in but just without yeah without their struggle being the main no. storyline right and just have queer people play people and have more joy and love in there and just get more mm -hmm. big queer community involved. <laughs> great yeah love is the thing um love is the thing like queer people have this beautiful and very special ability to love and love so deeply. And I think that's what's really missing from a lot of queer stories is, is that love is the thing. And, uh, and it doesn't matter where you come from or how you identify. Your family is out there and it's waiting for you and it will always be there. And- uh, blood, it, blood or chosen. Blood or chosen and the but specifically the chosen family of queer people yeah. is 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 uh, is what it is. It's just love. So I think moving forward, um, what I really want to do with my art and my career is 
is show people how much love there is and uh, make them feel that love and make them feel that family because um, that's what theater is. Uh, that's what theater's always been for me. And, um, yeah, there's just so many stories that are out there that need to be told that are are so far from my experience, but I would be so honored to help produce and, and project those voices. And, um, yeah, love. It's the thing. Love is the mm. thing. Right. Yeah. One little more thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think it's really interesting, like, growing up as a anyone who's, like, a queer actor, because mm -hmm. I don't know if this is a universal experience, but when you're growing up wanting to be an actor, maybe not realizing you're queer yet, you're like, oh, what are all these other stories that I can tell? Because I need to tell another story. And then growing up into your queerness, you're like, wait a sec, actually, my story is very interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell this one as well. Mm -hmm. Cool. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of a fun little thing. And it's so sweet that we're doing this here specifically, yeah. because mm -hmm. when I joined the program, I didn't even know that I was gay. I was, like, very closeted. Um, and then I came here, and I met all of our second years, and they were the gayest bunch of people I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> so queer. And then I met my ex here, and um, suddenly I was in this full-blown queer relationship, and I've never looked back. And it's always been, like... Um, just growing and coming into who I am and then moving to Vancouver and being with you, Darian, and, and, and meeting Annika. And like, I've just really, through the queer experience and my community have just blossomed into this awesome person that's right. really coming into themselves and fighting those barriers that you were talking about. And uh, it all, and it all, it all started here in this oh. lobby. So, <laughs> awesome. Well, with that, I'm going to say thank you very much for joining us, everybody. Thank you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. We'll wrap it up from there. <laughs>